Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. We are recording this a couple days later than we normally do. Uh, we're starting to record Sundays and release Wednesdays, but I'm glad we had technical difficulties Sunday because there's been some good fucking stories that's come out since. Oh, yeah, there have been. Oh, shit. There's oh, been some, some good great stories, ones. Man. Some good stories that's come out, so I'm glad we did. So before we get into all of the news stories, let's go ahead and knock out the intro. Uh, greatly appreciate you listening again, guys and gals. If you can, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast because that's the best way to keep up when a new podcast comes out. Also, if you can, hit the rate button wherever you're at. We actually got two new five-star reviews on iTunes, which I greatly appreciate. It kind of you know helped mellow out the bullshit one-star and the two-star review that we got. Uh, and again, like I said, you know if you give us a one-star or two-star, yeah, that'll suck because uh, I'll bring down our overall rating. But at least leave us you know a comment to say what the hell we're doing wrong so we can improve the podcast for you guys. Uh, so I greatly appreciate you guys for subscribing and rating. Uh, keep it up. That helps other people find us whenever they're looking for gun-related content if you leave us a review. So greatly appreciate it. Also, go ahead and check out our social media. Uh, I am everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, uh, Facebook, uh, MeWe under 2A Lifestyle. And you can find Mike on Instagram and Facebook at Just Pews and also on Instagram at Cat Actual. Uh, also, go ahead and check out our website, JustPews.com. Uh, 2A Lifestyle is also a part of the Just Pews kind of network, I guess you could say. So I greatly yep. appreciate you checking it out. Uh, we're going to be having some articles dropping probably pretty soon. But some of these are huge news stories that we have coming on. Uh, also, go ahead and check out uh, the... Uh, Patreon. Anything you guys give us in Patreon, it goes directly back into this podcast. So I greatly appreciate if you do a, you know, just send a dollar. Send a dollar up the, you know, old interwebs, and I would greatly appreciate it. That's the best way to keep in touch with what is going on here at To A Lifestyle, Just Pews, all that good shit. So greatly appreciate you guys for doing that. Also, if you can, uh, leave us. Uh, I, yeah, I already said that. Fuck. I'm kind of scatterbrained. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that's that. it. Yeah, I think that's about it. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the podcast. All right, so the first story we're going to be talking about is uh, comes to us from the Farms blog, and it's Hordity Ammunition and Kent Cartridge Prices Increased announced for June 2021. Now, this is something we're starting to see kind of industry-wide. You know, not only are you seeing price gouging, honestly, at some, like, mom-and-pop shops and pawn oh, shops and gun shows, uh, but, you know, like, if you've been able to find ammo at, like, Academy or Bass Pro, uh, the prices have been pretty much the same, but uh, Smith & Wesson, I think it was, uh, a couple weeks ago announced a price increase, and now Hornady and Kent Cartridge are following suit. And this is just kind of, uh, you know, the usual dealing with business. 
you got, uh, you know, in the article, it states that imported steel uh, has went up 10, 15 percent. Uh, domestic steel has gone up 10 to 12. Hornady ammunition components, i.e. primers, powder, stuff like that, it's gone up 7 to 12 percent. And Frontier branded items has gone to 10 to 15, uh, 12 to 15 percent. So the price changes are going to reflect anywhere between a 7 to 15 percent uh, price increase throughout the market so that's not too terribly bad it's definitely yeah. still not going to be like a dollar around for nine millimeter uh if you're able to find it at some of these places so again you know it's kind of on par with what's going on i, I don't blame yep. them too much especially if their prices have uh you know their costs have increased you know you still got to make money as a business to pay your employees pay for the equipment all that kind of stuff and something else is you know these ammunition manufacturers they have you know gone into overtime they're making uh, ammunition 24 7 they're yep. investing in new uh, manufacturing components and all that kind of stuff so uh it's it's you know all of that stuff so i'm not blaming them it is what it is i'm not either and i mean you know it could end up turning out <laughs> beneficial for gun owners in the long run because they have more equipment running more employees that they're going to want to keep on in case there's another fluctuation like there has been the last year and i think that might ultimately result in prices being driven down just a little bit in between slumps now i haven't been paying attention a whole lot to federal and cci which is a part of vista outdoors um but supposedly they've had two price increases, and now they're actually at seventeen at a seventeen percent price increase, which really just goes to show you know this is basically now the industry norm. Everyone's just going to rise their raise their prices by like fifteen percent or so. So get used to it. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, uh, let's go on and go into the next story. The next story is going to be coming to us from firearmsnews.com, uh, and actually this is. This is kind of an older story, and this kind of increases um, what we're going to be talking about as well. Uh, it goes on to talk about the NRA bankruptcy fate. Uh, now, this the, the article itself is kind of a mute article, uh, so let's just go ahead and talk about what's going on. Uh, we are, uh, we are uh, going to um, talk about the NRA bankruptcy fate, which is happened, uh, just decided today. The bankruptcy judge has decided to throw out the Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, case that the NRA has tried to do. You know, they're trying to declare bankruptcy so that way they can move their charter from New York where they're being heavily persecuted, prosecuted, whatever you want to say, uh, by the New York Attorney General. But, you know, they, they are doing some shysty shit. Um, so with that, uh, the... NRA is now basically kind of up Shit's Creek without a paddle. They have, you know, the judges stated that there is a bad claim to their bankruptcy fate. And in their bankruptcy, and in this, in this article, uh, the NRA said, you know, hey, we had some uh, bad financial decisions, but we're in good financial standing now. But the New York Attorney General, uh, was it Ackerman, McQueen, and um, what else? What else was it? I can't remember the third person that testified against him uh but basically they said that's all kind of bullshit uh they are not in good financial sh you know sitting and also it, what was interesting you know there's some people that was in the uh bankruptcy uh hearings that said that the board of trustees uh, or the board of directors i should say uh were basically post voting on wayne lapierre's decisions and basically you know they came out and said Yes, Wayne LaPierre made decisions that the board of directors did not approve, uh, but we just kind of 
post voted and said that you know yeah it's fine whatever all that kind of bullshit so this is a, you know a huge thing man uh you know this could honestly mean the end of the nra in my opinion it really it really, really could. could and i mean honestly everyone's gonna have mixed opinions on that i honestly think with the trend of the nra as the last 10 years or so that's probably a good thing that it's going to be coming to rest um you know, ideally it wouldn't come to rest because it was an easy target for all the anti-gun organizations to go after, which left the FPC, GOA, etc. open to do their thing and get our rights back. But, you know, I don't like seeing people being stolen from and conned, and that's what's been happening with the NRA. And like I was saying, like the last time we tried recording this, I would have liked to have seen the NRA get away from the legislat- legislative side of things and just gone full full blown into the education arena. And just focused on that entirely. Now, I will say that the NRA is still going to have the NRA ILA, which is the legislative branch. It is actually a separate organization from NRA, which is going through bankruptcy. The NRA ILA is actually based, I I think, in Washington, D.C., or it's actually based in their Fairfax, Virginia office. So it is a separate, uh, you know, entity, you know, if you donate your your nra membership dues do not go to the nra ila uh you have to like donate separately to the nra ila for that stuff so this is this is the training stuff this is the training stuff oh, that that's is, unfortunate that's yeah. unfortunate i think it could i think it could be the case could be made that the nra kind of does some false advertising when they yeah. say you know when they when they're trying to get the memberships and they're going oh well if you want someone to fight for your rights well apparently like this is news to me kind of sort of yeah you know? i mean it is a separate organization. Um, you know, it's it's still affiliated with the NRA. Therefore, you know, it's the NRA ILA. It's the Institute for Legislative Action. So it's like a separate thing. Uh, but like you know, the like the board of directors. You know, and, and I'm like about ninety percent sure on this. There's there's it's the whole charter bullshit organization that that you know makes it kind right. of muddled uh but it definitely is like you know a separate organization this is you know the bankruptcy is not for the nra ila it is for nra the training part because so what you're saying is the new york attorney general is going after the wrong group from what they wanted because they want more education so that way firearm owners are safer and now they're going after that education so firearm owners are technically not safer by their standards well it's it's just the organization of the nra you know what i'm saying so uh, yeah, you know, like the NRA well, no, what I'm still is, answers to the NRA, but it's it's right, like a separate organization. Get, what I'm saying is that they like like you said, the NRA ILA will probably still be standing after all this. Even uh, the, I, yeah, so if they get rid of the main branch, which focuses on education, they're targeting the wrong people for what their intended purpose is. Well, and that's something that I think the New York Attorney General is going after as well, is just the misappropriation of funds. You know, things that are supposed to be going towards this, going towards that, are actually going towards something else. And because of their charter, that is an illegal action. So it, it, it's a whole horsefuckery kind of situation that, you know, honestly, Ron w- would have been a, a great, you know, talk. You know, if we could have just phoned a friend on this, that, w- that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. But it's really hard to get a hold of him these days. Oh, dude, he's working so hard, man. Oh, yeah. He's he's working so damn much. So uh, let's go on into the next story. And there's actually two sources for this story. Uh, Both of them are from uh, Ammo Land. The first one is titled, ATF Proposed Rule a Blatant Attack on the American Gun Industry. And the next title is, ATF Releases Proposed Rules for So-Called Ghost Guns and Receivers. Now, if you looked at this, this is 
a, a long-ass ruling that they're talking about. If I remember correctly, it was like, it was a long, shit, man, it, it was a long, it, it wasn't just like two or three pages. This was like, I want to say like over 50 pages worth of stuff that they're going to be now serializing uh, for a firearm. Basically anything that can come from the manufacturer. So like uppers, barrels, uh, fucking butt stuff, you know, just a, if it's anything that's just a chunk of metal on, on the firearm, it's going to have to be serialized. Could you and, imagine a serialized extra- oh. or, uh, ejector? That would be insane. Or no, no, I'm thinking uh, uh, extractor, not the ejector, the extractor. I mean, the serialized have, extractor. Serialized extractor, serialized firing pins, uh, serialized <laughs> triggers, serialized... All the fucking... springs are going to have to be fattened and flattened, oh. so that way they can put a serial it, It's It's those. wild, man. And not only that, this new proposed rule is so broad that they could apply it to the most simplest thing like you're talking about they you know if atf wants to and they and we've seen this now with poly 80 uh and other or you know other uh businesses where they're going after these these businesses for ghost guns even though they have letters from the atf saying this is an approved item uh you know pistol braces is the other one where they've gone after like sp tactical and all that kind of stuff uh you know they are you know keeping this very broad so that way they can come after whatever they want in the future and that is a humongous problem and the huge problem for the gun industry in regards to this is that it takes 107 pages to send to the atf to get a firearm a new firearms design approved so if you want to come out with like a a new extractor a new firing pin a new trigger you know anything it's going to take revision Really? Yeah, any revision. It's going to take 107 pages for you to fill out. Then you have to send it to the ATF just for them to say, uh, we'll know it when we see it. Uh, you know, eh, you know, give us some time. we get, we got to, you know, fuck around and look at it, talk to our attorneys, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're looking, you know, anytime a new farm gets approved by the ATF, it takes months, if not years, for the ATF to make a decision. And with that, I mean, you're looking, you know, if this goes this goes through, you know, you're going to have all these farms manufacturers and farms accessories manufacturers having to send something to the ATF to get approved. And so you're going to be looking at a backlog. And we've seen that, how it works with suppressors. Uh, you know, that, that kind of shit right there is ridiculous. And then here is the kicker. So normally what happens is when a new rule is going to be proposed, they have a comment section on their website that allows you to leave a comment to say, you know, hey, my name is Joe Schmo. I live in bumfuck Egypt, you know, Alabama. Uh, You know, you have to leave your real name. You have to leave your real address. Uh, You know, you can't just, you know, you can't say Joe Schmo. You got to leave your real name, real address. And in your comment, you can't be cursing. So, you know, when this came out, what was it, a month ago, maybe for braces, when they opened in the comment section for it, they had like 60,000 comments online. And yep. they saw the backlash, because that is a humongous amount of comments, you know, for anything really with the federal government. So what yep. they've done on this is, normally it's done through a website, and you could do it there, or you can snail mail a letter. Well, the ATF, as of yesterday, I haven't looked today, Mike, you can prove me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, they still have not opened up the online comment section, even though the comments are open. And you only have what yeah, is it, I looked, sixty or ninety days. So I think it's six. You know, I think it's ninety days. Yeah. I mean, I looked today, and still, there still wasn't anything to be able to do an online comment. And they're probably doing that intentionally. 
to not get the comments for this. Absolutely, and I'm oh. and I'm telling you, it, you know, th- th- they're setting this up to strip us of our Second Amendment rights to just, slowly chip away at it. Yeah, and the craziest thing about this is uh, I got two points here. One, back when Trump banned the bump stock, I was telling everyone that would listen, this is leading to something. By banning the bump stock, it's opening it's opening the possibility for the government to begin regulating accessories of all kinds. Because that's all a bump stock was. It was an accessory. It was an unserialized part that did not make the firearm. When they made the ban, one, they made a new legal definition of what a machine gun was, which still isn't clear. Two, they they banned an accessory with no real evidence as to why, and it's still questioned whether or not one was used in Vegas. Number three, this is going to have a catastrophic tool on the economy. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of individuals that make parts for firearms. Like, I mean, how many custom Glock barrels are out there that are made by how many different companies? Now, all of these companies that are making their living without having a uh, FFL by just selling Glock accessories are going to either have to get an FFL or they're going to have to shut down. And it's all because of this new uh, redefinition of what a firearm is and what needs to be serialized. And I know for a fact that most of these guys, they're making decent enough money, but they aren't making decent enough enough money to pay for the registration and the fees that go along with an FFL. Let alone, I don't think any of them would want to have their addresses published. Absolutely. And not only that, you know, you're looking at a small business killer. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. don't know the exact percentage, but if I had to take a roundabout guess, I would say between 70 to 75% of the firearms accessory businesses are small businesses and i'm oh, yeah. meaning like 10 to 15 employees are smaller that you know and i think even according to the u.s government 50 employees and less is a small business but i'm going with like 10 to 15 you yeah. know most of these guys it's just themselves or it's themselves and like a couple buddies or another a talented uh man you know uh i wouldn't say artist but really some of them are if you look at some of these you know farms manufacturers but you know a couple of of uh machinists to help make this kind of stuff and so this is a small business killer and then just like you said you know the bump stocks and how many times did you hear it during the bump stocks you know i I don't have a bump stock i don't really care i always thought it was kind of stupid but it goes along with that sticker that we always like we we look at the sticker and and we look at we're like yeah whatever it says they came for my ar and i said or they came for their ars and i said nothing they came for my their shotguns and i said or they came for their pistols and i said nothing now they want to have my hunting rifle and i have no one that's going to help me absolutely and that's exactly what's kind of going on absolutely man it is fucking insane and this is this is a government department that is making legislation literally because the legislation is clear on what a firearm is and now they are literally rewriting law and that is a dangerous precedent not only for firearms in the second amendment but this is a dangerous precedent for freedom of speech for freedom of the press freedom of religion uh search and seizures Everything, literally everything. So yeah, this, this opens is something up the door so much because I mean, it, I mean, this is going to the drastic ends of this, obviously. But it could come to the point where they can just make legislation on the fly for their own needs while they're going and busting in someone's door. Yep. Oh well, we thought we heard a gunshot, and according to our records, you really don't have a firearm. But because we thought we heard one, we're allowed to kick in your door put you at gunpoint, shoot your dog, which they'll do, 
and search your house. Oh, and by the way, we're destroying this motherfucker. We're demolishing it. And we aren't going to pay you a fucking dime back to repair it when we find out that there was nothing in here for us to get. Yeah. It's just absolute fucking insanity. And this is something that I'm surprised more civil rights organizations like the ACLU or whatever aren't jumping in because this is literally a yeah. violation of a civil liberty, a civil right, which the Second Amendment is. Anything at Bill you know, Amendment 1 through 10 is a part of the Bill of Rights. So that yep. is a civil liberty. And this is literally a just a just destroying a civil liberty by rewriting legislation without any sort of legislative body passing a law. Yeah, and speaking of civil rights, uh, Nelson Gunsmithing, who we're having on, he's trying out being a writer for Just Peace. We're going to store some of his articles for him on the website. Um, he actually has one that's saved as a draft right now that really goes over how gun control is racist and how, and this, I think this leads into an article that we haven't gone over, but we're going to be, and that's SCOTUS finally deciding they're going to take up that new carry permit case. Uh, we're going to be talking about that later. Yep. And I mean, that goes into that and just really, it plays back into this of, boy, I just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, man. I've I've done a lot of research, and you know, fucking living in Alabama, the birthplace of the civil rights movement. If y'all need a co-writer with that article, let me know, and I'll definitely throw in some two cents on it because I got a lot of sources in regards to that. So, with beating that dead horse, you got anything else on that, Mike? No, honestly, I mean, there's all I'm gonna say is if you're for this or you think you're for this, you aren't pro Second Amendment. You really aren't, and. Honestly, you need to do some soul searching. Absolutely. You really do. Absolutely. Next article actually comes to us from CNN. Gun background checks soar in April. So the FBI conducted more than 3.5 million gun-related background checks last month. And that's a 20% year, in, you know, from last year increase of April 2020, which is staggering based on the fact that April was the beginning of just the pandemic again you know covid covid again i don't know however you want to say it, the pandemic armageddon in regards to stock of it you know firearms and ammunition so with that you know that just goes to show that it doesn't matter like you know the pandemic is winding down we hadn't had any real civil unrest i'd say since january even though you know what happened at the capitol on a scale wasn't nearly as much as what's happened you know everywhere else across the country but, you know, that is still considered a part of civil unrest. So, ever, you know, three months later, we're still, you know, Americans are purchasing farms at a yep. staggering rate. And that goes to show that the average American, even Americans that voted for Joe Biden, you have to know, some of these people are, you know, voted for Joe Biden, and they still don't want gun control. And with that, there is a new survey that has come out, and I'm talking about a legitimate survey, not something put on by Fox News or the NRA or whatever. This is from the Gallup poll and from the Washington Post. There's two separate polls that has you know, shown that Americans since 2018 has dropped from 63% of wanting stricter gun control laws to it's like around 45%, I think is what it is. It's less than 50, less than half the country. And, the you know, the minority of the country wants more gun control laws. And what is even more interesting about that is the demographic between 18 to 29-year-olds. That has dropped by 20%, you know, less than, you know, from two years, well, three years ago now. Uh, they want less, you know, less gun control. So, you know, that goes to show that the voters don't want more gun control. You know, it's 
showing that the the public, the American people, do not want more gun control, despite what Joe Biden said. Yep. And I mean, that just... Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're seeing their own towns being burned down and destroyed and people getting shot or injured. And they're tired of not being able to defend themselves against it. They're starting to have the awakening of, hey, wow, this is real. This is happening. I've been saying I'm against gun control, but now I really wish I had one. And now they're going out and getting one. And then they're getting into the nitty gritty details of what is gun legislation and realizing how ridiculous it is. And how it goes back to before the country is formed and its racial background or racist background. Absolutely. And just talking about gun rights, uh, we have South Carolina. This article comes to us from MLN. South Carolina Senate passes open carry with free concealed weapons permit amendment. So they're wanting open carry and a free concealed weapons permit. So you still would have to get a concealed weapons permit. But it wouldn't be no cost to the citizens, uh, you know, getting rid of a $50 application fee for a concealed weapons permit. That's amazing. Uh, my home, you know, my state, Alabama, uh, there are still trying to pass cons- constitutional carry. Uh, but the fucking state legislature, man, I don't know what's going on in the state of Alabama this year. They're totally fucking up. Uh, they passed a bullshit, uh, you know, in Alabama, we still don't even have the lottery, let alone gambling. Uh, so they just passed a bullshit lottery gambling bill. Uh, it basically gives the power to a few. Uh, they actually passed medical marijuana here in Alabama, so I thought that was pretty interesting. What you got, Mike? Oh, no, I'm just watching my hand because I'm watching <laughs> your hand disappear into the background. I'm like, huh, I wonder if mine will disappear into the background. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they can't fucking get constitutional carry. And, you know, I was in a meeting with uh, a group of chief of polices and sheriffs uh, from my area and they were talking about um you know how they think that constitutional carry is bad uh there's been a lot of gun violence crime here you know they said if we see somebody with a gun we can't stop them and all this kind of stuff and i'm like well first off you know open carry is legal in alabama you don't need to you know if you see somebody carrying a gun that doesn't give you enough reason to stop them if they're carrying concealed you can't see the fucking gun to begin with and you know these people that are committing these crimes, I guarantee you, you're not fucking they finding if they have a concealed carry permit to begin with. Yeah, they you don't know? care. And that's the thing that really blows my mind when I'm, like, like not just from law enforcement, when I see, see civilians going, you know, I don't, want un- I don't want constitutional carry because the crime rates are going to skyrocket. Okay, listen here, Karen. The criminals don't give a fuck about carry permit. They're going to go and get a gun illegally. Because most of them are, are, you know, repeat offenders. They're going to go get a firearm to commit a crime. They're already committing the crime by getting the firearm. Why do you think that they care whether or not they're going to carry it? Or whether or not it's legal? They're going to carry it, and then they're going to go commit crime. The only thing that, you know, the only people that are affected by carry permits are people that are trying not to go to jail, while also protecting themselves from the people that don't care if they go to jail, and they really don't care about your life. And not only that, it's just a money-making scheme. It really it is. is. That's that's what they fucking care about, is, is they care about the money that they make off of it. And I tell you, as soon as that shit was brought up, you know, I've already had a talk with my administrator and how I feel about it. Uh, you know, as soon as that was brought up amongst all those chiefs and sheriffs, he looked at me and he was like, you better shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> you know, don't want to be the odd man out of, like, these 60-something people in this fucking room. So... Uh, anyway, it's just my two cents, man. I, I fucking hope Alabama gets constitutional carry. You know, it, it's there's no reason why you should have to pay for a right, period. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know Indiana isn't going to be getting it anytime soon, thanks to Liz Brown, but I am happy that it was proposed that we're going to be getting free lifetime carry permits, which, second best thing. Well, they passed a lifetime carry permit here in Alabama. Uh, it's $300, so it's not free. And then, yeah. see, here's something else. You know, previously, the local governments kept all the money from the pistol permits. Uh, now, with right. this lifetime carry, the state gets 20% of that. So the only reason the state passed that was to get a fucking cut of their money. And that's just crooked as fuck. So, again, fuck the Alabama state legislature this year. They are just a bunch of crooked pieces of shit, I'm telling you. Uh, my fucking uh, state representative, he's fucking got in trouble for uh, defending Nathan Forrest. Uh, he showed up at Sons of Confederate Veterans uh, meetings and was, you know, was offering prayers and shit. Uh, he's got indicted for stealing money from his in-laws. So just fucking Al- Alabama's just as bad as like you know you always hear about corrupt government. Alabama's just as bad as like fucking Louisiana, Illinois. It- it's ridiculous, man. Oh boys, gotta stick oh. together. I'll never forget, was it like six years ago when we had the Love Gov, as we called him? Uh, he got caught for using state resources to have an affair. Uh, at that point in time, our Boy, governor... that sounds like Wayne LaPierre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh, we had our governor arrested and kicked out. We had our Supreme Court justice kicked off for violating the same-sex marriage law. And we had our uh, Speaker of the House of the Alabama State Legislature arrested on like 23 counts of ethics violations. So Alabama's fucking horrible, man. Anyway, let's get out of that diatribe and go on to the next story. Uh, The Ameland, this comes the story, West Virginia Governor signs Second Amendment Preservation Act. Uh, This is awesome. And then this goes into our next story from Ameland. Nearly half of all U.S. counties are now Second Amendment sanctuaries. And this is awesome. Uh, You know, you have whole states that have passed that law, states like Kansas, uh, Alaska. You have a lot of Midwestern uh, state, you know, counties, a lot of Western counties along the Rockies, uh, a lot of, you know, counties, not surprisingly, not a lot of counties in the South. uh, And then, of course, a lot of counties in Texas. So this is interesting. I, I, I am just waiting for the case precedent to happen on this because... You know, I'm telling you, th- th- this has been an, uh, and I hate to use this fucking southern ass phrase, but a hitch in the crawl for, you know, the nation for 200 years yeah. with uh, state nullification of federal laws. Uh, and fucking, we have fought a war about this, folks. If you don't think that's what the, you know, and being from the South, you know, you hear a lot of people talk, it's about states' rights, civil war. We fucking fought a war for nullification uh, of federal authority, you know, i.e. slavery. So, you know, the federal government wanted to outlaw it. The South said, fuck you, we want to own people, and they went to war for it. Uh, Even before then, it was in reference to tariffs, uh, i.e. taxes, and, you know, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. You know, we've already had some precedent of more recent history in regards to this uh, with uh, marijuana. You know, marijuana is still a Schedule One narcotic, uh, on the federal government, you know, the DEA can bust in any of these dispensaries in any of these legal states and arrest them. Uh, but you have these states and, you know, passing recreational and passing medicinal, uh, you know, marijuana laws. Yeah. Fuck you got, was it like Washington or Oregon, you know, made heroin legal? Oh, that was Oregon. They basically decriminalized everything. Yeah. Like every single substance has been decriminalized. So if you see a person with a baggie of meth, you can't 
there's not much you can do about it. And well, and I, you know, I'm not even talking about decriminalizing. I think it was like they made mushrooms legal, flat out recreational mushrooms legal. Oh shit! Know, not even you know decriminalizing it. So wow. So you're having these precedents made, and if you can't do it, you know, if you do it with narcotics. You got to be able allowed to do it with firearms. So what's interesting is, I mean, Kansas was one of the very first states to adopt. I think I think it's called the Firearms Protection Act or some shit like that, and that already went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court basically created this common use clause, and I don't see anyone fighting from that standpoint for or, or against the NFA with it. Not with the NFA. No, and I'd love see to see him doing it with uh, like you know modern sporting rifles, handguns, uh, standard capacity magazines, things like that. Well, no, I'd love to see because what happened in that instant? I forget the case or the, it was know, the case name. No, no, this one was uh, this one's a different one. This one was with a short barrel shotgun, and the guy conveniently okay. died. And the Supreme Court basically said that um, basically firearms that aren't in common use by the military aren't protected by the Second Amendment and created the Common Use Clause. And at the time, 18-inch barrels on shotguns were the common length. I think 16-inch on rifles was the common length. Yeah. Now we have the military. One, they're using suppressors, so that's common use, so it's protected by the Second Amendment. Military is commonly using 11.5-inch barrels, so that's protected by the Second Amendment. Full autos are now in common use, which means that's protected by the Second Amendment. And they're using shotguns that are, you know, well below 18 inches in common use. So technically, if we go by the standings that we already have or the case law that exists, the National Firearms Act needs to be redrafted entirely by our legislative branch to abide by what the Supreme Court ruled. And I don't see any, and maybe it's just because I'm stupid and I don't understand how law works, that's entirely possible, but I don't see any organization trying to sit on that throne of, yeah, well, we have this. The Supreme Court already said this is the case, and y'all motherfuckers aren't abiding by it. Absolutely. Now, this is a uh, another article coming from Ameland, and I thought this was interesting as fuck. Uh, it, the Gun Owners of America has obtained proof that the FBI's NICS firearms background check is gathering private info for Interpol. Now, what has happened is during a FOIA request, which is the Freedom of Information Act, uh, yes, Interpol. Why... We're getting there. This is juicy. I want to hear this. Yes. Now, you know, this could be just kind of clickbait, but I read this, and, and, you know, it's a little tinfoil hatty kind of, but it's still pretty fucking juicy, and and I see a a kernel of truth in there. Uh, You know, like every every conspiracy theory starts out with a kernel of truth, and it just fucking snowballs. So, uh, anyway, they obtained a FBI National Instant Criminal Background Check System user manual. Uh, This is the first user manual obtained by the GOA uh, under their FOIA request. And in the manual, it states that uh, one, the FBI section, first off, they sectioned, uh, you know, censored section that deals with giving U.S. citizens private data to Interpol. So, you know, for the FBI to censor that, you know, censor part of the user manual that says, you know, giving the information from Nix to Interpol, it's kind of like, well, fill in the blank. So if the FBI doesn't want you to know about their, you know, policy in regards to giving this information to Interpol, what does that mean? And more specifically, it's giving the data to Interpol's foreign fugitive file. This is interesting because I wonder... 
because they aren't supposed to be using Nyx as a back or as a register. They're Correct. not supposed to be keeping track of anything. It's suge- it's supposed to just check your background, make sure you're clear, and you're on your way. They aren't supposed to store anything. They being the operative term. Theoretically, they could be sending that information to Interpol to create a for Interpol to create a registry for us to use later down the road. Very, very possible. Uh, and again, you know, it, it's like I said, it's redacted. So it doesn't really give us a clear answer on whether that's happening or not. But it's kind of like, you know, fucking, and, and, you know, I hate to use this example, but this is the best, you know, correlated, you know, correlation that I can think of is Roswell. You know, you, you, you throw out this hanky ass, you know, fake weather balloon. And even now, you know, the, the U.S. government has said, oh, yeah, that was all staged. The reason, you know, we threw out that hanky shit was because, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a weather balloon to detect uh, nuclear weapons going off in Russia. You yeah. know, and we didn't want them want them to know that we were doing that. So, uh, you know, anytime that you mislead the public, they're going to fill in the answers. Yep. When giving the answers would have caused a lot less damage to begin with. So, you know, if there is no ill intent to that section, then why redact it? Because there is ill intent, just like, you know, the ATF selling cigarettes to minors a couple of years ago and not getting in trouble for it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, uh, next article comes to us from Amland as well, uh, and the title of it is Ninth Circuit Panel Finds in Favor of the Second Amendment Foundation, First Amendment, State Department, and 3D. So, what happened was, on April 27th, a three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in a split decision that Judge Lassenick of Washington State did not have the authority to issue a preliminary injunction, uh, prevented a uh, final rule in chain, you know, to have the State Department and the Department of Concert from taking effect. Basically, what happened was, is the State Department and the Department of Con- you know, Commerce uh, stated that they should not have uh, 3D printed guns files on the Internet, saying that it, you know, violated, what's what's that, uh, you know, international trade arms thing? ITAR. ITAR, thank you. Violated ITAR rules. Uh, so, you know, they dropped it at first, but now they're trying to, to say it again. Uh, you know, and this was, you know, a lot of states. It was like 22 states plus the District of Columbia, uh, you know, filed on behalf of the State Department again, along with the Department of Commerce. And the Ninth Circuit says, no, leave the files on the Internet. So, well, I mean, you can't do anything once it's on the fucking Internet. Like, OK, listen here, boomer politicians. We've been telling our kids for the last better part of two, no, three decades now. If it's on the Internet, it's forever on the Internet. Once it's on the Internet, we can't get rid of it. You didn't have any legislation against it before. You can't legislate it against it now because also it's protected by the First Amendment. So fuck all of you. Free the code. Isn't that what FPC yeah. has? Free the code. Yeah, I believe so. And then there's also, uh, oh, fuck, what are they? What's their name? Um, I can't remember their fucking name. But there was another yeah. one out there. Yeah. Next article uh, is from Emlant and the U.S. Supreme Court grants Sator- certiori for New York State Rifle versus Corlett. Uh, and this is the carry permit that you were talking about. Yes. Uh, what has happened is basically, uh, was it last year, the year before, they granted certiori to uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, for pretty much the same thing, but they ended up uh, going and making it moot because the New York City has said that, you know, oh, we repealed that ordinance, so now it's, it's fine. Uh, now this is more for the 
may issue permits versus shall issue permits for carry permits. Now, this is, uh, you know, obviously already in uh, the D.C. Heller case and then the other one that it's escaping the top of my head at the moment. Um, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled that people have the right to bear arms in their home. So nobody can make any laws stating or restricting the access to firearms in the home. Now, that didn't go and say outside the home that people had this right. So this is what this could mean. Uh, if you live in a state where you have to file, you know, give some crazy asinine reasons as to why you have to have, uh, you know, a reason to have a permit, uh, this is a case to where they will get rid of that, to where, yep. you know, and not only that, you know, the, the sheriff or wherever you're at, you know, might be anti-Second Amendment, and he might not issue any fucking pistol permits in his during their term. This is, you know, and that's where it may issue versus shall issue come into effect. You know, yeah, obviously they, the they may- can require, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, I mean, they can require some really ridiculous things. Like, there's a guy in a Discord server, um, trying to find it right now, he was in Santa Clara, I believe it was, in California. And in that county, the sheriff basically required you to have evidence of a death threat against you in, like, a text message in order to even apply to get your carry permit. So yeah. these these May issue states are absolutely ridiculous, and some of them just allow counties to decide. Well, in Alabama, it's the same way. Counties... Um... You know, well, we're shall issue. So the county has the the ultimate decision, but the county has to give you the re- has to either has to either say yes or they have to say no. It's not like they just can't ignore your fucking request, and that's the difference between the may issue and versus the shall issue. Um, and you know, like Mike said, you know, providing these ridiculous fucking reasons why you need to. So that that is some juicy shit. Be on the lookout for that. It really is, and I mean that's going to be. <laughs> If the Supreme Court actually rolls in favor of this, which, by God, I hope they do, because if they don't, things are going to get nasty. But well, if it, they do, I mean, that's going to be a big thing for millions of Americans that are just suffering under the thumb of an oppre- of a, essentially an oppressive sheriff. Absolutely. But, you know, it's interesting because the lower courts have ruled against this. So... Most, and I'm not saying all times, but most times when the Supreme Court takes up a case, it's because they disagree with the lower court's decision. So if they they agree with the lower court's decision, there's really no reason for them to take up the case. Yeah, usually. Which makes you wonder about the... The Sandy Hook ruling, or their their lack of ruling about firearm manufacturers being able to be sued. Well, and that's that's still going. I think you know this is this is an ongoing process. You know, you're looking anywhere between like five to seven years in regards to this. They just uh, they just ruled that not too long ago. I think, and not only that, I think the uh, the upper court from that told them, you know, that court that ruled saying that it was okay to sue the manufacturer, said, no, you need to look at this again. You know the fucking law. You can't do that. You, you can't make judicial rulings based on your feelings, if I remember correct, basically. Uh, I think a higher court ended up coming and reversing that lower court's decision. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that, because the last I saw, because I only tracked it for so very long, the last I saw the Supreme Court basically said, yeah, we aren't going to hear the case. Yeah, I, I think, well, they, they said we're not going to hear the case because they said you need to look at that case again. Gotcha, that makes sense. So, uh, the next and next 
and next to last article that we're going to talk about uh, comes to us from the Washington Post magazine. Now, this is something, again, you know, we've talked last few episodes where the Washington Post, you know, being owned by Jeff Bezos, which is a very progressive person. Uh, very, I'm surprised that they're doing these articles like the, the fucking um, poll that we used earlier, you know, saying that less Americans support gun control. Well, this new article says, uh, and the title of it is, uh, Armed Doesn't Mean Dangerous, Black Gun Owners Are Often Portrayed Negatively, One Photographer Set Out to Change That. And I'm a humongous supporter of this. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to, I've said it, I think, before, but, you know, make just full disclosure, I have a biracial son. My oldest son is biracial. Uh, and I, you know, serve and work with numerous people of color. And, you know, when I was in the fucking army, uh, I, you know, I was the dude that, that, you know, hung out with more black folks just because, shit, I felt more comfortable around them. Uh, being a boy from the South, man, you know, our, our, culturals, our cultures are very, very similar. Uh, so, you know, I, I was really, you know, that's kind of where I feel home, especially. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show several uh, black gun owners uh, holding their firearms, uh, giving a little bit about them and telling, you know, them why they carry. Uh, so, like, you have uh, this uh, couple, 35, 38, he's holding the AR pistol. She's holding, uh, looks like a, a nickel-plated SIG. Uh, so she says, you know, we get pulled over a lot, so having a license will show that we are law-abiding citizens. Boom. Good stuff. Good to know, man. Uh, this next guy, uh, he's 39 from Killing, Texas. He says says people would be surprised to know that he's an educated business owner. Uh, and he's, you know, got uh, IWB. So, uh, next one is a female, 28. She says, why can other races have assault rifles, machine guns? Kind of not educated, but, you know, why can other assault uh, races have assault rifles and machine guns, but black people have a handgun, we're considered a threat? You know, and I, I like this, man. It's good to, you know, change the narrative because when yep. a lot of these progressives see or think of gun owners, they see the old boomer from, you know, you know, Get off my lawn. Yeah, you know, that kind of bullshit, man. But, (laughs) you know, fucking uh, Maj Touré, Coleon Noir, Tony Simon, you know, and then you got, you know, the Pink Pistols, uh, you have Armed Equality, you know, you have many other people of different backgrounds and cultures that are Second Amendment proponents, and they love their civil rights. And I think this they is really an do. amazing article. And, and like I said, coming from the Washington Post, I was surprised. It is. And I think, I think the, more, the more we start focusing or not focusing, but highlighting different minority groups holding their firearms, showing that, hey, this is for everyone. This is because everyone wants to say that it's not. It is a culture war. And that starts normalizing other cultures having firearms. And it turns it away from being a culture war into a power war essentially absolutely and there's many 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 other uh great 2a advocates that are people you know black or you know lgbtq whatever it may be yep. uh that's just who's off top of my head that's who i saw on instagram today so if i didn't say your name don't think i'm leaving you out <laughs> i know there's one guy out of st louis for the life of me i can't think of his name that he's really awesome uh, there's another guy, I think in Texas, that's really awesome. I, I think he's in Texas, either Texas or Virginia, something like that. So a couple on Florida. Yeah, man. So, I mean, don't, don't think I'm leaving you out, but that's just, who's popping my name in, in my head. So yeah, we last... see you, but we're, we don't have good memories. Fuck dude. My name is horrible, man. I <laughs> just always hit hey, you with the face. Come here. Yeah. You know? 
Yep. Fucking what's his nuts over there? Fucking you know, all that shit, man. I'm I'm, I'm horrible, horrible, man. <laughs> anyway, and the last article is from Recoil. I shared this with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Glock coming out with a carbine? You know, and the reason for this article is that many patents have been found in Europe uh, by content creators over there in Europe. That Glock has filed in numerous patents for carbine firearms. So it, the recoil did a really good job, kind of putting it all together to see what it would kind of look like. Um, it is, very, of course, it's very AR stylish. You know, it looks like it uses the common M4 magazine, uh, and it looks, to me, honestly, it looks kind of like a mixture between. And it, and this is seriously, you know, comparing with brown potatoes to red potatoes but it looks like a scar and a ar kind of mixed so i'm very yeah. interested to see what's going to come out with that i really uh, thought it looked very i thought it looked more like an acr and i almost wonder if that's what they're trying to go after maybe the m10x from m plus m more so than the scar but i mean i wouldn't be upset either way as long as it comes budget friendly to the market i see it coming in less than fifteen hundred dollars if it comes in over fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. they fuck the they fuck the pooch. It, it's they I did. think it needs to stay around a thousand dollars. Yeah, if they keep it at the thousand dollar mark and it ends up being as good as their pistols, the rest of the industry has a lot of fucking work. To do. Yes, yes. You know, for so long it was the compact pistols that were, and it, it's something I hated with this, you know, pandemic Armageddon for guns and ammo. You know, we were having such innovation coming from the firearms industry yeah. that, uh, you know, we had like the Spring uh, Sig 365, Springfield Hellcat even. Speaking of which, speaking of those two, there is now a new lawsuit going on. I um, saw that. Yes, go yep. ahead. Sig, Sig is suing Springfield right now over the magazine design of the Hellcat, saying that it is infringing upon two of their patents that they have for the Sig P365 magazine, which is very interesting because the P365 dimensionally is identical to the Keltec P11, yep. I want to say. which of Yeah, the, you're right. You know, thinking about that, it's like, I wonder if Caltech could actually sue unless they were able to change the magazine just enough for the P365 to make it different for the patent courts not to take the case. They did. I used to have a PF9, and when I bought my PF9, I was looking at the P11, and so I've got a little bit of trigger time behind it, so I can tell you it's a little bit different. But I'm telling you, isn't that the pot calling the feckin' kettle black because wasn't SIG sued by another company for the 320? Yeah, they were sued yeah. by Steyer pretty early on, and that ended up getting squashed. And I'm still, I'm going to be honest, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist like Alex Jones, but... I'll fucking do it, man. I love that entertainment. Dude, I 100% believe that the only reason SIG got, or the only reason that lawsuit got dismissed is because SIG got the DOD contract. And I almost guarantee you Springfield is going to lose out this time. And it's going to be because SIG has the DOD contract. Well, I don't even necessarily think that. I think the reason that they did that is just because the DOD didn't want to get in the fucking mess because the 320 is what they adopted versus nobody's got any fucking skin in the game versus the you know the 365 and the Hellcat except for just the consumers. Right. So, all right. With that, let's go ahead. You got anything else, Mike, for the main segment? No, honestly, I don't. I haven't been seeing a whole bunch of crazy stories popping up. I mean, there's been a handful of kind of just meh 
Yeah, it's it's all washing together right now for me. I think we'll have some interesting stuff for the next episode, though. So with that, let's oh, go yeah. ahead and start getting into the gun gear news and reviews. In the Gun Gear News and Reviews, we have a few products that are coming out. Faxon Firearms has released a match series barrels for the Glock 4343X, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Faxon makes amazing barrels. Uh, they are reasonably priced. You know, it's not like you're paying $300 for a match barrel, um, unless you get like Chameleon or some some crazy shit like that. But, you know, uh, and then not only that, you know, the 43 and the 43X are, you know, huge sellers for the compact market. Uh, it's right up there with the 365. Uh, you know, it's kind of Glock's answer to the 365. So I'm pretty interested to see how these go, which being from facts and i'm sure they're they're going to be pretty well oh yeah uh, next comes to us it's otis technology introduces a new ar elite range box now if you have never used one of these these are pretty fucking handy basically a toolbox you get all your cleaning gear in there you know you go to a range for the day you just throw that son of a bitch in your vehicle uh you take off and you know if you have any issues you know you can go ahead and set that thing up it's got like the little stands that you could set your rifle on you can pull out your tools individually if something falls it drops in the box versus you know you having to find it on the ground or on the table or wherever the fuck it may be uh so i think this is really cool the only thing i don't think is cool is the fucking price you're looking at three hundred dollars now that is pricey yes man shit but now these boxes do include a traditional and portable otis round case a rip cord a bone tool a star chamber tool side adjustment tools and more so it comes with a lot of stuff so what now what's a bone tool i think it's like a carbon scraper oh so yeah i mean it comes with a lot of stuff so basically you're looking at basically everything you need to clean your your ar but but still this is pretty fucking pricey yeah even with all the cleaning stuff it's pretty pricey it is so i mean if you got money hey go baller next uh sig sour introduces the mod x 45 modular 3d printed suppressor uh, I think this is cool. I'm really getting into 3D printing. Uh, I'm looking into it once I get some more space to get a 3D printer myself. I've been looking at getting a suppressor, uh, which, hint, hint, we have a special guest hopefully coming on in a couple episodes. So just a little, which will be great. Little, you know, just just a little teaser right there. Uh, so it's not completely locked down on when they're coming on, so I'm not going to reveal too much. But uh, they had released their 9mm version in 2019, so now they're basically just releasing the 45. And what it's really cool about this uh, is that you can adjust different, uh, you know, like little cones on there. So it goes all the way from 9.25 inches long all the way down to 3.25 inches long. Just taking out the little sections of the suppressor. So reduces weight, reduces length, uh, doesn't reduce, you know, it's not a whole lot difference in the sound. At the very top, they're rating at 132 decibels. At the very shortest, they're rating at 149.6. So not a whole lot of difference at 149.6. That's getting kind of fucking loud. Uh, Next, you're looking at SIG. Uh, They have introduced the Romeo 2, the hybrid MRDS. 
basically this is a completely hooded red dot site um so kind of like the 509t yes okay yeah uh so this gives a little bit kind of added extra protection a little bit of uh protection from glare from the sun and all that kind of stuff uh you know i for the colorblind shooters out there uh yeah go ahead yeah i have a 509t and my brother-in-law actually has a Trigicon RMR Type 2. The Trigicon Type 2 was actually having a lot of washout for me, depending on how the light was hitting the optic and how it was hitting the target or even the background. Um, so I'd be shooting at a brown target or even a white target, and I'd completely lose the dot. Um, with the 509T, I've only had limited experience with it, but the enclosed emitter really has helped quite a bit with me being able to see the dot regardless of what the ba- what's in the background or what color the target is and you know positive not target identification but but being able to accurately engage your target knowing where the dot is is important and that's really difficult for colorblind shooters with the open emitters at least for me it was so sig doing this with the closed emitter is definitely something that you should look at look into if you're a colorblind shooter and wanting to get into optics and, and Sig makes pretty decent optics, you know. I mean, I'm not going to say they're, you know, right up there with like Trigicon. Uh, honestly, even I'd say maybe Hollow Sun, because Hollow Sun really kind of led the pack on, on uh, optics for so long. Uh, but I mean, yeah. they're really good. I know a lot of people use them for duty use. Uh, you know, it's it's a really good optic. You know, I, I yeah. would I would like this honestly. Uh, Let's see. It's originally supposed to be slated for 2020. It was originally slated for 2020, but sometime you know shit happened. COVID, obviously, uh, and it's coming out for 2021. Looking for a price, and a fucking course it doesn't have one. So, <laughs> well, as uh, John Patton at the Gun Collective says, it probably costs somewhere between three million dollars and two chickens. There you go. And then finally, in gear news, FN expands the pistol offerings for an all FDE 5.7 and a FN 5.03 micro compact. And big fucking whoop. I know, you know. What micro compact? FN 5.03. 5.03 looks like ass. And honestly, I've heard a lot of people have had issues with them, you know. I'm not surprised. People I I know, and then also content creators. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because they, I mean, so many content creators are having issues with the uh, 509 striker breaking prematurely, and they never fix that design. Yep. So. And it's basically the 503 is the 509 in one way or another. Basically so, the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Then I'm, color me not surprised that they're having issues with it. Yeah. And, you know, what was crazy to me is that almost FN had this Glock like uh, Granger to up their um their this the new release and i was and they had five seven rounds uh in regards to this and i was you know reaching out to some people and i was like shit man is, is five is fn coming out with like a new five seven type firearm i was thinking maybe they're coming out with a compact or maybe they're coming out with uh, like kind of like that Keltec deal like a you know almost like a uh carbine pistol type thing you know but yeah this was it. And I was like, fuck, what a, what a letdown, man. It really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool to have a compact 5.7. One that's, like, about the size of a Glock 19, holds, like, I don't know. 
How many rounds do you think? Because the, the standard 509 holds 20. And the 5.7 holds 20 as well, with mag extensions going up to 30. I wonder how many rounds a Glock 19 size 5.7 would hold. Probably around the same as the 19, I'd say, between like 13 to 15. I wonder if they could get 17. Could be. I mean, that would, it would be have to, It would have to be like a uh, 45 type stitch. Yeah, yeah. It'd still be pretty cool, though. The only thing is, like, if you shorten that barrel that much more longer, you're not going to have any fucking room for your case chambered because it's such that. a longer round, you know. So, did you, you know they actually de- or they base the dimensions of the five seven off of the Beretta ninety two? Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I found that real interesting. The five seven was you know basically produced uh, as a service pistol replacement for European countries. And, yep. uh, you know, some of them adopted it, man. Some of them use them. Right, fucking, uh, FN, what are they out of? Fucking Denmark Belgium. or some shit? Belgium, yeah. yeah. Belgian military uses them, so. Yeah, and that's safety, though. My buddy had one. I mean, I felt so, he spent so much money trying to get one. And I finally got to hold, hold it, and I did not have the heart to tell him that it just, it feels felt, cheap. Yeah, yeah it, it feels, feels cheap. really cheap. And that's safe. The safety where you're supposed to like grip it and use your index finger. My index finger disappears there. <laughs> you're supposed to use your index <laughs> finger to switch off the safety. It's like, no, I'm good on that because, you know, the trigger, if you do a trigger job and it's too light and you're stressed out, all it's going to take is you pressing a little too hard and it slides down. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'm, I'm with I you, man. It that. feels cheap. I, but see, I do want yeah. one, man. To me, like, it, it's really fucking cool, especially to think that you can have a fucking pistol that shoots a rifle round, you know, yeah. and have 30 rounds. And, see, I don't know. And, and it I don't feels know cheap, but it's got to be engineered enough to hold all that pressure. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, see, I don't know if I'm more impressed about, or if I'd rather have that, or if I'd rather have an AR that takes Glock Because, I mean, like, 5.7 auto rifle is obviously going to be better. I understand that. But would I rather carry a 5.7 and have a rifle that can take 5.7, but it can't use the magazines I'm using in the 5.7? Or would I rather have a 9mm carbine that uses the same mags as my compact carry pistol that I have on me all the time, and I can just switch mags in between as I see fit? All valid. Val- valid. Yeah. The only cool thing to me about the P90 is its compactness. If you get it like an SPR version, mm-hmm. and I shoot rifles lefty, yeah. and that is designed for amp- you know ambidextrous use. Yeah, I love you know? how it ejects out of the bottom and how they now have. I think they have a brass catcher now, so that way you can just click it into the ejection yeah. port, and all the Bruh. brass just. Goes- I love it's it. It's cool, man. It it, it's a really cool design. Whoever whoever designed the the P90 like was re- you know because that shit came out in the 80s, I think. And, I mean, whoever designed it was pretty forward-thinking for their time. It was just a, a yeah. bad and, I mean, era. The F-2000 was great. The F-2000 was insane in some of the things that it did, like forward ejection, all kinds. Like, it was, I think, it had a quick-change barrel. You could clear the, the chamber real fast by flipping up something behind the rear iron sight. And you could get easy access to the chamber. It just all around the The F-2000 was real cool, too. Absolutely. You got any uh, new products that you've used there, Mike? <sighs> new product? Nah. I mean, I've been using the Halcyon holster for a while now from KSG, and that's been great. I hate the monoblock clip. Like, the monoblock clip is better than the regular foamy clip that most of the holster manufacturers use, don't get me wrong. But, man, 
it does not allow for any adjustments whatsoever. Because, like, usually, like, with the belt loops when I'm walking, you know, the, the gun's moving a little bit up and down. And the belt loops really allow the gun to move with my motion. But this monoblock really just doesn't allow that type of motion. Which, I mean, it wasn't designed to. It was designed to stay in one place really well. And it does that job exceptionally well. But, yeah. Other than that, I got nothing. And I'm just going to have a kind of a follow-up on a previous product that we've talked about, which is the PTS Barricade. Uh, I ended up ordering one. It was like 50 bucks. Uh, I mean, I fucking ordered it like right after the, the episode yep. we were done recording. You texted me. You texted me that. You're like, dude, I just bought that Barricade. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm fucking telling you, man, like it came in in three or four days. It was That's super impressive. fucking fast shipping. Speaking uh, when it, of shipping, I still have not received my screws from CNH Precision. Oh shit, man! Fucking C and H precision, man. And you're—I've heard other—I've heard at least one other person that I can think of without man, maybe two, but I know for sure one that's had issue getting stuff from C and H. Yeah, and honestly, like I'm kind of—I'm—they have that new magwell that we didn't go over, but I kind of don't want to give them my time of day because they haven't been able to respond to me. They haven't gotten me the screws that they said they were going to ship. It's still saying that it's not been received by the carrier. Mm. Well, you know, and it could be. Because I ordered some shit, uh, and it didn't say it was received by the carrier until it fucking showed up at my post office in my town. Yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's been like three weeks now. Yeah. So, but I'm telling you, man, weeks. that PTS carrier is yeah. the fucking tits. I bet uh, it is. It is, it's, a, it's a, uh, like a plastic board cut out uh, yeah. with a wooden spine and a wooden base, and what's super awesome about it is that it is got a little hinge that you can flip almost like a window uh, lock is the best way I could describe it to yeah. lock the base into place and you can flip it the other way and it completely folds flat. So I got that bitch in the my truck toolbox and what I did literally is I went to you know I was at work I had some time to kill uh, nice thing about what I do is I can go find like a field that nobody's in and, and I pull out my Glock 44 and pull out my uh, 22 conversion um, and I'll, I'll go out and shoot I got those little tiny ass cones that like you know fucking kid soccer uses I got those in my toolbox and I got like my Glock 44 and my 22 conversion and a little ammo can along with a box of 22 uh, that I just got and I can easily take out and I can go practicing. Um, now the one I got, which was the light version, it's yeah. like probably three, three, three and a half feet tall. So it was great for like kneeling and prone. But obviously my fucking six foot five ass, you know, you couldn't really use it for for standing. But you can put it on something to make it higher, and you could still yeah. use it like a standing barricade. Um, I'm telling you, it's like super cool. I reached out to the owner. Uh, he's willing to come on to the podcast, so we'll probably have him on in the future. Uh, we have guests next episode, uh, and we have guests for the following episode. So, you know, guys, I greatly appreciate it. You know, we've talked about it. You know, you wanted to have guests on here. Uh, you know, we've reached out some. They're willing to come on. We actually had one reach out to us and say, hey, can we be on your podcast? And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, so great shit, man. Uh, but going to be having him on in the future as well. So, And boys and girls, by best behavior, that means you need to be getting to wherever you're listening to us at and give a five-star review and tell us why it's a five-star. And if you hate us, 
Go ahead and leave the one star. I mean, we aren't going to hold it against you necessarily, but you have to tell us what we're doing wrong. And if you don't tell us what we're doing wrong, then we're going to hold it against you. Absolutely, man. <laughs> uh, it, and it's funny. I was talking to, you know, I, I told our friend uh, Chris about, uh, you know, that one guest that I told you about today that, that reached out. And he was yeah. like, don't, don't forget us poor people whenever you make it big. And I was like, man, I'm never going to forget that I'm a bald, red bearded piece of shit. He's someone to talk. He's been working with everyone lately. Yes, he has, man. He's doing I've been work. so su- yeah, I've been so surprised. Like I'm seeing like every other day he's posting another product that he's been able to get how it is. Which also, if you guys don't know who we're talking about, if you're on Facebook, I was about to say, gotta to definitely go give him a head out. Yeah, you need yeah. to go and join ODG Gang, and then you also need to give Freedom Fried Father a like and a follow. And tell him we sent Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. He's, he's a good buddy, man. Chris is a great guy. Yes, he Freedom is. Fried Father and ODG Gang. Tell yep. you, fucking ODG all the way, baby. Oh, all yeah. right, with that, let's go ahead and start getting to our gun culture segment and start wrapping this bitch up. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we're doing video, and I feel bad because I've been looking down at my crotch for you know the last 20 minutes, and I'm just going to tell you guys, at my heart, I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I play Pokemon Go almost religiously, and today is the Dratini Spotlight Hour. And God damn it, oh. I want a shiny Dratini. So I've been playing it while we've been doing this because I need a shiny Dratini in my life. It is the pink noodle. You know, I need the pink noodle. <laughs> what I thought was funny, and I didn't say it earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Whenever you're looking up the Discord chat, and I just yeah. saw the glow in your face, and I was like, I bet this is what your pecker sees before you finally beat it to death when you're looking at <laughs> one. So, uh, <laughs> you aren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, in this gun culture segment, we're going to be talking about Red Dawn, the 2012 edition. Now, I know there are a lot of people that, that are the, haters for this. Is that Chris? Yes. Yes. I love that one. I love that. Yes. If you don't, you're wrong. But, uh, well, and see, I'm a humongous fan of the original Red Dawn. Uh, and that when this one came, oh, you son of a bitch! Look, I'm not the uh, goddamn boomer in this today. chat. <laughs> Motherfucker, check it out, man! I'm telling you, check out fucking the original Red Dawn. I'm telling you, you so will not. You will, if it's not on Netflix, look, I'm broke. I gotta buy it's guns. On Hulu, it's on. It's on Hulu or Prime, one of the two. And then the same All with right, this I, one. I, I think I have a free trial for Hulu, so that actually kind of works out. And the same with this one. Whatever this one's on, it's Hulu Prime, so is the original Red Dawn. No, it's on fucking Netflix, because I was on an off-duty job, and I watched that shit <laughs> in the fucking parking lot on the off-duty job. <laughs> so, uh, it is on it is on Netflix. So, anyway, this one, Red Dawn, came out in 2012. I'm, when they first did the fucking trailer for it, I was pumped like a son of a bitch. Uh, and it's basically kind of like... An adaptation of Skyfall in Red Dawn. Basically what happens is North Korea and Russia invade the United States. Uh, Chris Hemsworth and a gang of teenagers uh, escape to the mountains. And then they form an insurgency group fighting against the Chinese, the North Koreans, and the government. So, fantastic. Well, I don't remember. Was Chris Hemsworth... He was in the military, wasn't he? He wasn't he part was. of the high school. Okay. I was yes, trying to think... Was, 
was trying to remember is that was it like Tokyo Drift where they had a thirty year old dude playing a sixteen year old, or was it that he was actually in the military? Well, and what really sucked about this one is fucking Josh Peck uh, from Nickelodeon was in this when he lost all that fucking weight, and he is such a god awful fucking actor. He is. That that's the only thing that ruins this movie to be is Josh Peck is a horrible fucking actor man. Um, but Chris Hemsworth is fucking amazing in it. It's also got I think it's uh, it's Josh Hutcherson, the guy from Hunger Games, is in it. Um, and uh, I can't remember the the dad, but he's a, he's a famous actor. Anyway, plenty of great gun movies. Uh, some of the guns in there: Browning High Power, a Makarov. Uh, a Tech Nine, Glock 17s, Kimber Custom. Uh, you also have a Cro- uh, Cobra M11. Uh, you have some co- rifles in here. Remington 700, a Winchester model 1894. Of course, you're going to have a lot of uh, Soviet block type weapons. You got an AKM, AKMSU, uh, Norinco Type 56, but you also have a Colt M4A1. In uh, machine guns, you have a Browning M2HB, uh, the FN240, FN249, uh, a GE M134 minigun, uh, obviously a PKS and RPK, uh, and then you also have a Type 69 RPGs, flamethrowers, M67 hand grenades, and an M18A1 Claymore. Uh, this is a great, great fucking movie, and you need to fucking watch the original one, and you need to watch the 2012 version. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Don't be like me. Don't be a loser. Watch the Tell original me. before you watch the pissing new in one. the radiator. One of my best friends was like, "They're not pissing in the radiator in the new one," and that pisses me off. So <laughs> you gotta watch the old one to, to see what the fuck I'm talking about. So that is gonna be the end of our culture segment, and let's start wrapping this shit up. All right, ladies and gents, I want to greatly appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Uh, I'm planning on putting this on the YouTube, so if you haven't, check out our YouTube page, uh, 2A Lifestyle, so you can finally see our wonderful faces. Uh, Also, please, subscribe wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast, and leave us a review if you can. That is the best way for people to find us whenever they're fucking Mike. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) You you get the fucking Dratini? I got my pink noodle. I got a fucking pink noodle. Jesus. Jesus. Anyway, uh, leave us a review. That's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content. Uh, Also, check out our social medias. You can find us everywhere on 2A Lifestyle. You can find Mike at JustPews on Instagram and Facebook. You can find him at uh, Actual on Instagram. Uh, Check out our Patreon. Again, everything you guys give us, it goes directly back into this podcast. I'm planning on being at SHOT Show in 2022. Uh, I'm very excited for for that give you guys great coverage and content in regards to that so that helps us in regards to you know getting me to shot show paying for hotel and shit like that so greatly appreciate you guys anything that you guys give us and also uh check out justpews.com that's where you can find all of our articles that we're going to be writing and again we have a guest coming next podcast and a guest on the podcast episode after that and i'm very fucking excited to have both of those guests on uh i'm you know awesome you know mike you're you're my lucky charm uh having yeah, more yeah. people on this podcast more, more uh, discourse 
<laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mike, man, it's been great to talk to you, and I will see you guys again in two weeks. And until then, keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. See you all later. And relieve a freaking review five-star preference. Hell yeah. <laughs> Damn it.